Hello, how are you? Hope you're having a great day and enjoying the summer sunshine. This is, of course, Healthy-ish, the daily podcast. Well, no, it's almost daily podcast from Body and Soul with me, your host, Felicity Harley. Now, TikTok and Instagram are leading many more of us to self-diagnose mental illness and neurodiversity, such as autism and ADHD. So, is this health content that's specifically made for likes and views and shares dangerous or is it actually a good thing? Carly Dober is a psychologist and Headspace Apps mental health expert and she joins me via Zoom from Melbourne today to discuss self-diagnosing yourself from what you see on social media. Now, as you probably already know, we keep these healthy-ish episodes quite short. So if you want to hear my full interview with Carly where we discuss this topic in more depth and also she gives her advice on how to spot a legit mental health account, you can search for Extra Healthy-ish wherever you get your podcasts. Carly, welcome to Healthy-ish. How are you today? I'm so good. Thank you for having me on, Felicity. I love talking about this stuff. I'm really excited. Yeah, I am too. This is a really, I feel like it's kind of, this has sprung up in the news. You know, we've, we've had people last year, you know, diagnosing, well, coming out with their diagnosis of neurodiversity, especially, you know, people like Emma Shiano, we've had Mia Friedman, other high profile people. Social media, is that to blame? I mean, you know, I feel like it's leading more people to perhaps self-diagnose themselves with mental health problems, neurodiversity. What's your take? Um, it's a double-edged sword and it's the best way I can put it. It's amazing that people who have information are able to reach hundreds, thousands, sometimes even millions of people with information that is accurate, helpful, and can help people get that kind of support that perhaps they've needed for a long time. Where it is not helpful is when there's unregulated opinion, dressaged as fact, that can actually complicate people's understanding of themselves and the world a bit more. And unfortunately, because anyone can make content, there's no real fact-checking in time. Um, So, when I say double-edged sword, that's what I mean. So does it worry you, you know, as a psychologist, does it worry you or, I mean, it's a hard one or do you kind of have feet in both camps? How do you approach it? I think it's a worry for me when people will access mental health content and they that's the only support they will access because we don't know what kind of information they're looking at. And if you self-diagnose yourself, that's only one part of the journey because really a diagnosis is to help us then get treatment so we can start to learn skills to move through the world a bit more healthy. We can manage our emotions. We can manage our relationships. It is just one part of the journey. So that is where I get a bit nervous as a health professional. It's amazing, though, when people come to me and they say, hey, I've seen this content from this international psych or this psychologist here, and it's resonating with me a lot. And I say, okay, great. Let's, let's, can I see what you've been looking at? And we can talk about the information. We can talk about who's posting this, and we can talk about what it means for you. If you are, you know, in a vulnerable place and you do see content from influencers, I mean, I'm, I suppose this is a bit of a rhetorical question. Is it more likely you're going to be influenced by what's going on in those people's lives and they don't have credentials, they don't have expertise? I mean, how? what do we do here if we feel like, you know, we're in this this place? 
so hard and I really I really am like full of compassion in my heart for people who are confused who are identifying with influencers or people who they really admire our brains have a have a knack to I don't know if people have heard of confirmation bias but Mm -hmm. you know if we see people that we like and they tell us a message that feels like it's true we're more likely to believe it so if you're following an influencer who says that they have depression because you know they haven't been able to get out of bed for a while and you say I haven't been able to get out of bed for three days maybe I have depression your brain is just looking at a small subset of information where perhaps you don't think about all the other days you've gotten out of bed and that actually your mood is fine and you've been cooking for yourself you've been feeling okay Okay, so we are very vulnerable to being influenced by emotive language or pretty content. Our brains like that stuff or trusted people. So I would say be mindful when using the internet. There's These apps are designed for infinite scrolling. There's always more content, always more videos, always something to keep your attention. And if that hooks you, then it is really hard to unhook from, especially if you're a bit confused. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I just read a book over the holidays called Stolen Focus by Johan Harari. I don't know if you've 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 read that one. But oh, yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm sure you have. <laughs> Listeners, it's a great book. I highly recommend it. And it actually it really empowered me over social media. It just kind of gave me back the power that these people, these apps are actually designed to grab us and keep us and impact us. I mean, we don't, do we know how these apps impact us psychologically in the, the long term or are we still kind of the experiment? We know enough. Um, you know, Facebook and TikTok and YouTube have released findings, internal findings, where their um, where their apps are either radicalising people or they're causing anxiety and depression. And especially in teenage girls, the longer you use it, because your brain's always comparing. Your life will never look like someone's highlight reel or carefully curated feed, even when they're being quote unquote vulnerable. So apps like that are quite tricky, but you can also have really helpful scientific evidence-based apps that actually help your mental health. So I don't want to demonise all apps, but I think knowing exactly how much time you're wanting to give on any given day might be a helpful boundary to put in place before you get on your phone because it's so mindless. Even me, I can just lose time and I'm like, where did that half an hour go? What have I done? Yeah, exactly. And I think that the book, that Johan Harari book that I just read, they actually have, you know, Facebook has people sitting in rooms, like psychologists and behavioural behavioral specialists and people sitting in rooms to come up with ways to keep you on those apps more often. So they want to keep you there. Let's just go back to the mental health content. I mean, it's made for views. How do we tell if our, the source is legit, if we can trust them. I mean, we all know, but sometimes it is, you do easily get sucked in. Oh, yeah, definitely. I would say the first thing is check your source. Who is the person? Are they an accredited mental health professional? Have they studied? Are they trained and working in the field? Are they licensed because typically you'll get really helpful solid information from those types of people 
Um, certainly not to say those with lived experience are not important viewpoints to have, yeah, but point. unfortunately they can be quite quite unique just to their experience. Um, and unfortunately when we're talking about distress or anxiety or pain, it's a very human condition. Everyone experiences that. So we can over-identify sometimes if we're just in our room for three hours looking at content from this one person. But check your sources. Secondly, take some time and then critically analyse what you've seen. Well, okay, um, maybe I am neurodivergent. I do have difficulty concentrating. What can I do with this information now? How can I actually explore that in a meaningful way? And not just diagnose myself because psychologists, we, we like to cross off everything else that it might be before we give a diagnosis. That's a really important part of diagnosing. So definitely check your sources critically analyse what's going on and also just sit with it. Let it just wash over you a bit. Talk to your friends, talk to your GP, talk to a trusted person as well because sometimes that conversation can help increase that perspective that maybe you've lost. Yeah, good advice. Carly, thank you for coming on Help Ish. Thank you so much for having me. If this has raised any issues for you, just jump onto lifeline.org.au or you can give them a buzz on 131114. And of course, Headspace app is also there to boost well-being. If you want more from us at Body and Soul, you can download plenty of other episodes of Healthyish or Extra Healthyish, bodyandsoul.com.au. You can also jump on social media, which is legit, and you can rate, review and subscribe to this podcast or perhaps share it with a friend who is struggling with their mental health. And until next time you listen, stay healthy-ish. Hey, I'm Felicity Harley and I host Healthy-ish, where we chat to experts, influencers and people in the know from around the globe to arm you with the knowledge to make healthier decisions for your mind, body and soul. I think if we're going to be focusing on health, like sleep is probably the biggest component of that. I I think sleep is the cornerstone. Like choose the harder option because I've never woken up and gone, I regret that run that I went at 4am. I've never done that. Search for Healthy-ish and Extra Healthy-ish wherever you get your podcasts.